This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1735. Previews. I'm Ian Levenstein. And I'm Chris Everly. Woo! I believe, I believe in Ian Levenstein. <laughs> and I believe in Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to our monthly previews episode. This will be an abridged version. There's only two of us. Uh, in the trenches today. Yep, Mr. Murdo is uh, off uh, viewing the Philadelphia Phillies taking on the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. That's right. And uh, we should remind our listeners that, as always, a previous episode is sponsored by DiscountCopicService.com, DCBService.com. And as we've said, we might remind our listeners every month, uh, if, you, if you don't have a comic shop near you or you just don't want to go to a comic shop, um, this is the place to go for your comic book subscription. All things related to comics in terms of the previous catalog, floppies, trades, shirts, ephemera, etc., all available through DCB service. They give the absolute best discounts they can possibly afford based on what my experience is reached on what I see on their site. Um, their service is impeccable, always on time. If any mistakes are made, which is extremely rare – um, I've been using them since uh, 2000. I'm, I'm a newer, I'm a newbie, really. I've been using them since 2017. They never made a mistake in my shipments yet. There have been times where I've missed things and I emailed and they get in the next shipment without any problems. Uh, Family run company. Uh, they have a store too, don't they, Ian? Uh, they do, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I believe they, they recently moved back to Indiana. Okay. So this is, look. The bottom line is comic book retailing is, as I know from experience, is an extremely difficult business. And the fact that these people, uh, this family is continuing to provide the service with such high quality, um, I I can't recommend them enough. We all use them to varying degrees. Uh, Please, uh, if if you want to give them a try, we highly recommend them without reservation, uh, dcbservice.com. Most definitely. And uh, my usual warning, if you hear the tap, tap, tap in the background, that's just me checking it out on DCBS. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to do sort of a more of a lightning round of bridge version of previews this month. And it's just the two, just the two of us. Of course, Ian, I'm in awe of your presence. I'm honored you're here with us. Happy to be here. Happy to be out of that crappy weather we've been having for the past couple of days. Yeah, so as we're recording this, it is uh, May 14th, 2019. And I just saw in the news, actually, that of the past, I think, 32 days, 26 days, it's rained. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know it's so, bad when the Yankees get rained out two days in a row. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> the weather report is looking promising uh, going forward. So I'm hopeful that spring will soon bless us. Here's hoping. But um, in the meantime, you know, I'm happy to be cozy in my basement office, surrounded by my beloved books and <laughs> films, original art, and on the headset, that sonorous voice that just reassures that everything's going to be all right. Oh, yes. <laughs> same same here, same here. I'm, uh, I'm ready to talk some comics. All right, let's start with Image. All right. And 
obviously right away I have to mention on page 46, Sea of Stars number one, because the co-writer is Jason Aaron. Yep, with uh, Dennis Hallam. I'm not familiar with his work. Are you? Uh, not really. However, I do see that he did have work on Cloak and Dagger and uh, Vader Darth Visions. Um, okay. Well, those are respectable credits, to be sure. Yeah. And, uh, Art by uh, Stephen Green. Mm-hmm. And also covered by Mike Magnolia. Yep. Yeah. It's I... basically about a space trucker who gets separated from his son on while they're doing a long haul and their attempts to reunite. Loving That's, the look of the art, too. Yeah, the art looks great, and if Aaron's involved, I'm at least giving the first issue a try. Most definitely. So, yep. Enough said about that. You'll be doing that at a 50% discount at DCBS, by the way, for a buck ninety-nine. Outstanding, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, page 50. Go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah. Unearth number one. Uh, writer uh, Colin Bunn and uh, and Kyle Stram. Uh, I mean, Colin, pretty much everything Colin Bunn puts out is great. And uh, and this looks uh, fascinating. Uh, more of a, I I mean, it looks like here uh, it's sort of a zombie tale, but at the same time sci-fi esque, like a flesh warping virus uh, descends onto Mexico, and uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, tracing the source of the disease and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, like a bunch of different concepts combined into one here uh, for for this new one, and it's. It's nice to see a bunch of number ones that have imaged this month. I feel like it's been a while since we've had some new yeah. series. No, I was going to note that as well. And as I've mentioned that air many times over the years, uh, image is the company that most excites me because I just feel they're, they're so true to the, the, the mission of trying to show how diverse the comic book genre remains in terms Absolutely. of content. Yep. So, and we definitely get that here. Um, page 54, Reaver number one, writer Justin Jordan, art by the great Rebecca Isaacs. Um, got a cover by Becky Cloonan as well. Oh, I love Becky Cloonan's work. Oh, fantastic artist. Mm-hmm. The continent of Mad- Madaris once promised a new star for settlers, but 200 years after its discovery, the war rages on. Deep within the savage and untamed land, a darkness built that must be stopped at all costs. To do so, the Imperials assemble six of its most despicable prisoners. So basically, this is the Dirty Dozen. Yep. Just six of them. Uh, it's sort of like a sci-fi uh context love it <laughs> i'd say i'd say dirty dozen meets mad max from the looks of yeah. the uh, from the art yeah and this is another 50 percent off deal by the way uh, for a buck 99 so you know easy easy foothold there for a first issue yep and uh anyway that does riff on dirty dozen i'm always on board with that yes indeed okay page 56 mark miller yep space bandits one of five <laughs> going back to his sci-fi styling here from the looks of it and uh, uh, Matteo Scalera is on the art. Uh, familiar name, but I'm not sure from where. Uh, I, I know I've definitely heard the name before, though. Uh, As of I, but beyond that, I cannot help you, my friend. I apologize for failing you. Yeah, no, that's all right. Uh, I'll, I will say, however, that the uh, at the cult, that the art style is uh, Eminem esque, uh, especially in the in the facial expressions. Yes, I agree with that 100. percent Yeah, and you can't go wrong with that. Now, page 58, I've never read Black Science. Have you read this series? No, I haven't. Uh, it's it's another one of my dark spots. I think I might have volume one sitting on a shelf somewhere. Um, but uh, I, I need to I need to get into it at some point. And now that now that the uh, the latest arc is uh, is is concluding here and it looks like might be concluding and concluding in general. And serious finale. And yeah. here's why you've heard of Matteo Scalera, because he's the ah. artist of Black Science. And there we go. OK, then. Yep. Yep. 
yeah. Uh, it's uh, you know that Remender's got a, got a lot on this plate, so it doesn't surprise me that uh, that this is ending. But hopefully, there'll be something new to take its place soon enough. Anything that gets, because I'm looking at the testimonials here on the page, that gets high praise from Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald is a huge comic book fan. Oh yeah. Um, so that that's that carries a lot of weight with me. Most definitely. Uh, page 59, uh, I, Bitter Root, I loved uh, – I read the first issue of this series. I have to get the trade for that first arc. But it was, the first issue was wonderful. Again, I love the team of David Walker and Sanford Green. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a, a one-shot that explores the history of the Sangarai family um, who are a family that uh, in, in – well, the main series, they're in like sort of the Harlem Renaissance era – and they they're 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 battling monsters, uh, which I, if I remember correctly, are fueled by hate. I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, it was great. So I'm looking forward to this. And then uh, at, for for as many beginnings as we have, and uh, we'll wow, definitely have really front loading stuff ah, here. Holy you, mackerel! You ain't kidding. Paper Girls yeah. number thirty, the series finale. Uh, obviously, Brian K. Vaughn and uh, Cliff Chang and Matt Wilson on the art. Um, I, I'm behind on this, but I do have, I think all but the most recent trade on my shelf. So I think I have about three volumes to read. So I might just very well wait until this last volume is out and then just knock them all down at once. I'm going to have to do that as well because I had to, it's a great series, but it, it, I dropped it just for, because of money. Yeah. Um, so with the intention of, cause I, I knew Vaughn would have an ending as he has an ending for all of his books Sure. for the end. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And a very striking to, cover as go well. Go ahead, sir. I was going to say very striking cover as well with them all biking away as the uh, yeah. as the first issue had them biking towards you. Good point. Yeah. See, this is one of the many reasons why Ian is an invaluable member of the CGS Legion. <laughs> a callback. All right, I got a rave on page 62. Go ahead. I mentioned this, uh, I think, maybe our last previews about – or a comic talk perhaps uh, – about the last couple issues of, of the latest volume of Criminal, which explored uh, the – Decline and fall of a great of a fictional great comic book artist. There's some basis in, in history here, you know, in terms of the story, you know, that Brubaker and Phillips have borrowed from some actual events, but it's, it's it's a fictitious story. Phenomenal, and it was so well received. They're already packaging it in a hardcover, wow, uh, OGN format with additional uh, pages, That's new something. scenes. I'm ordering this without hesitation. <laughs> um, Again, I, I, every month I always talk about how this is one of the best creative teams in comics and has been now for quite a few years, and this continues that streak. If you love like the dark side, the dark underbelly of a comic book history, like you know, the different trials and tribulations of creators in the bad old days, this is a story you're going to eat up. And, and a hardcover for $10.19 on DCBS. Outstanding. Yes, indeed. Uh, then right beneath that, a uh, collection of uh, Robert Kirkman's Die, 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 Volume 1. Uh, this collects uh, issues 1 through 8. Uh, I believe that was that—I believe this is that Stealth series that I talked about a couple of previ- uh, previous prior. Oh, yeah, prior. yeah, that's right. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yep, yep. and uh, now here it is collected in, uh, in one edition for Volume 1 here. An evil world where evil people do evil stuff all the time. Uh, the United States government uh, works outside uh, works outside the normal system to influence world matters through targeted assassination, and uh, that's that's what we have here out of Robert Kirkman and Scott Gimple with uh, art by the amazing Chris Burnham. Mm, yeah, Burnham's great. Yep. Do you consider Kirkman a better writer or a better visionary? I'd say visionary. Um, I, I mean, mind you, uh, you know, I mean, again, nothing, nothing beats uh, Invincible for me. Um, however, right. 
I I think that uh, over the years, you know, while he is a great writer, it's the worlds that he crafts that matter most to me. Um, and and he does a great job with that, both with his uh, you know both with his stuff on TV and the and the comic books themselves. Indeed. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely would say uh, more wide reaching than than just a writer. Uh, page sixty six. Jeez, <laughs> the first nine volumes of Saga collected. Oh my god, <sighs> fourteen hundred pages. N- no, I'm sorry, it's it's too big. It's too big. I can't. I if I if I didn't already own it, I would not own it in this in this format. And issues it, it, one through fifty four, sixty bucks before the discount. More power to you if you're going to sit this uh, on a table and just read through it in that fashion, like a phone book. Because I there's something there's something about it. I need to be able to hold it in my hands and relax on a bed or something like that and read it. That's not happening with something this big. <laughs> well, you could lay it across the bed and then you know kind of lay on your stomach. <laughs> You know, <laughs> arms folded beneath your chin. Yeah. And you can go from page to page. That's true. Um, I, I love the Rolling Stone testimonial. May it run for 1,000 issues. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it might. It might take 1,000 years to happen, but it'll definitely wind well, up. Well, it's supposed to be coming back this year or yep. next year, right? I'll believe it when no, I see year. it. this year. This year. This year. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I, I, I know it's coming back. It just wouldn't surprise me if the break takes longer than expected just because Brian K. Vaughn has so much on his plate elsewhere. Um, what else does he have on his plate? He's always working in media and 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 mm. and in other projects, so it wouldn't surprise me if it gets a little bit more delayed. But here's hoping it doesn't. I have faith in Vaughn. Yes, That's indeed. All I have to say. Yep. I'm done with image unless you have something else you want to talk about. I got one more on page sixty-five. Actually. And actually, I have one more thing after you. I spoke too soon. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of Mark Miller, uh, here's his work with uh, Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, Prodigy Book One. I enjoyed the first issue. I, all I read was number one. Yeah, and and it uh, it certainly it certainly looks like a fascinating story just from the cover alone and the blurb here um, about a businessman with a brilliant mind. He's a you know Nobel Prize winner, a genius composer, Olympic athlete, expert in the occult, and now international governments are calling on him to fix problems they just couldn't handle. Yep, and the first issue captures all of that, and it's pure Miller. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> I wanted to point out uh, my last thing I wanted to say about image. Yeah. On page, uh, forgive me here. Oh, I missed it. Uh, here it is, page eighty. Mm-hmm. Lazarus, risen number two. Ooh. Now, Rucka and Lark have now decided to release this book in a quarterly sort of prestige format. Mm-hmm. Seven ninety nine. I, I, I read. I should have talked about Fracture uh, Part One because I, I, I came out. This is one of the best titles in comics, and I love this new format, and I, I'm wondering if more and more we're going to see this as a format for other books going forward. Mm. Um, again, it's creator-owned. that they, they just chock full of, of additional uh, like bonus materials, one of the best letters pages in comics, uh, Rucka commenting on politics and technology. It, it's, it's, it's a tremendous book, and I love this new format. So I, I, it's highest recommendation. I've, re- I've talked about Lazarus many times <laughs> ad nauseum um, on the show, but I'm really digging this new format. Very it's well cool. worth the wait. Yep. And, and one more on page 88 just real quick to mention the fact that we are now one issue away from Spawn number 300. Oh, my God. Yep. This is War to 300 Part 2. Uh, last issue before Spawn 300, uh, written as always by Todd McFarlane and art by Jason Sean Alexander, and they're totally aping '90s Spider-Man on the on the covers now. And I absolutely love the cover dress. 
<laughs> yeah, they are. Well, yep. I I stopped reading Spawn. I mean, around issue fifty or so, but <laughs> yeah, you know, three hundred issues. You got You got to give some props. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't read it in forever either, and frankly, I'm just glad it exists. Mm. <laughs> Something that I will always read as we move into Dark Horse mm-hmm. is on page ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. This is ex- immensely exciting. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. Black Hammer Justice League crossover, Hammer of Justice one to one of five, written by Jeff Lemire, the creator of Black Hammer. Damn. <laughs> so here, so here's my question: Do you think this is going to be, uh, you know, a you know out of continuity Justice League uh, story, or do you think this is going to be more along the lines of Starman? Uh, when he crossed over, uh, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Hellboy, and it's actually, you know, somewhat important to the overall story. I don't know, and honestly, Ian, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All that matters is Jeff Lemire is writing these characters. That's, That's true. Yep. And again, a wonderful testimony by Pat Oswalt. I'm going to read here. Yep. I didn't think something could be thrilling and sad at the same time, but now this Black Hammer proved me wrong. Amazing, just flat out amazing. <laughs> so. We got Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, Starro attacks. <laughs> so, come on. I mean, I, yeah. this is, I've been raving over this book since it came out. It's one of the best superhero comics on the stands. Yep. Um, loving take on, like, the dark underbelly of a Golden Age type universe. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's an Eisner winner, and now they're bringing the Justice League into it. Just get it. Uh, you know. Well, and the got, next page, go ahead, Ian, I'm sorry. I was going to say, they have uh, on the next page, Volume 4, um, and and that, that makes me believe that it might very well be time for me to get Volumes 1 through 3 to catch oh, up. Oh, of Age of Doom, yep. yep. And have you read any of the series? No, I have not. Really? Yeah, no, I have not. Uh, it's uh, with my switch to digital. My my reading has you know become you know sparser as to what I as to what I actually you know pick up. I wait for sales mm-hmm. for the most part, and uh, I, I have not seen one recently on on Black Hammer. However, if I if I see a good price on the uh, on the digital side for the volumes, I will snatch them in a moment. Yeah, please do. You're not going to be disappointed. They also yeah. have on page one hundred one. The World of Black Hammer Encyclopedia, which is a great way to get into the get insights into the whole universe that uh, Lemire and his artistic collaborators are creating. Very cool. So that's all on page 101. We got on uh, page 102, the very next page for anybody who's a fan of Critical Role, um, a miniseries based in their in their world. Uh, Critical Role is uh, one of the most popular Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaigns out there available in podcast form. Um, and uh, this is a, a trip into uh, their world uh, in a six-issue miniseries by Jody Hauser and uh, Olivia Sampson on the art. And uh, I've never really been a critical role guy, but I know plenty of people who are, including including the ever-mentioned Raphael Suhus. So I'm sure that uh, that they'll be regaling me on information about this for for you know days and months to come uh, as it's coming out. So uh, give it a shot if you're a fan of Critical Role. I want to make a comment, by the way. Um, how nice D and D players are, <laughs> because in, in my last years of my store, we had to we were in trying to incorporate various gaming. Mm-hmm. I'll talk more about that in a moment. when We get to page one seventeen. Yeah. Um, the D and I mean, I don't know if it's just the people who were there, but the D and D community were such nice people. Yep. Um, low maintenance. 
did their own thing. Whereas there were other types of gaming people I wanted to like banish forever and never see again. <laughs> these, these, I, I don't know if that's just me or, or if you found out. Is, is that true about D and D players in general? I don't know. I, but, it completely depends on on yeah. on the group. You know, I mean, you, you can you could have a group of uh, of you know surly men, and you could have a group yeah. of uh, of people that are just you know there to have a good time. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I, my I would, experience. Go I would, ahead. I would, I, would, I would like to hope that my D and D group are just there to have a good time, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, my, my experience though over those those. You know, five years at the end there was, with one exception, who was a DM who was trying to rip us off, who was a slime bag, but mm. um, otherwise, really great people. Yep. So. Yeah, and uh, it's become one of my favorite things to do at uh, yeah. at gaming conventions as well as watch uh, watch D and D in a in an audience with other people. So, very good stuff. I I also what else ha- want to talk about that Dark Horse. I got one on page one hundred four because I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, the Orville New Beginnings. I've never seen this show, but I love I love McFarlane. If you're a fan of Star Trek: The Next Generation, you will be a fan of the Orville because it's not totally a comedy, correct? No, it is not, and uh, it, it okay. start it starts off a little shakier where they're not quite sure what direction they want to take yeah. it. By the time you get to season two, season two is leaps and bounds better than season one. Mm-hmm. Um, season one is good, but season two is excellent. And hmm. they do some things there uh, with the story that I was never expecting them to do. Um, and they essentially, you know, it's not that a, a spoiler to say, they essentially introduce their their Borg, you know, their hmm. their constant nemesis uh, mm-hmm. in the second season. And it, uh, it's a really well done uh, multiple uh, episode arc that's that's stunning. Uh, in, wow. In, 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 you know, I, I completely blew me out of the water and was not expecting that from a show like The Orville. And it's very much surprising me every single week. Does he write it? Um, he co-writes it. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is his take on room. his loving tribute to Star Trek, then. Uh, yes, and the uh, okay. and uh, this is uh, being written by David A. Goodman uh, with uh, art by David Cabeza, mm. and uh, it's a it's a you know again something that could be as as ripe as as Star Trek you know property wise if if they treat it right. So I'd be willing to check this out to see if it uh, feels like the show and the show is still running correct the show is still running it just got picked up for season three so the, oh, uh, the season two finale just aired and you can watch all of it on hulu i believe so if you, oh, if you wanted to catch up that, that way one of the things i'll do this summer yep definitely although i'm I, although i'm on season four of game of thrones oh boy <laughs> so um have you watched all of Game of Thrones? Oh, I sure as hell have, and uh, okay, so, I, will, I will not spoil anything. I'll just yeah. say last week's was goddamn. <laughs> okay, so uh, so that my primary viewing mission through the year is to get through all that. So yes. that's first and foremost. So I'll, 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 and I'll, I'll say now, spoilers, because you haven't watched any of the show. I'm talking now about season four, which I'm in the middle of. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Ian. Yeah. I've never enjoyed watching a character die on television. I watched that little prick Joffrey <sighs> die of poison. Oh, you and me both, um, man. You and me both. That, that was... Uh, I, I that was that was I relished every moment of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it, it it is one of the most satisfying moments in the history of television, right there. And uh, I I am completely in the same camp as you. Uh, one other comment I'll make about this uh, this sure. based on the art is that I, I appreciate the fact that they're not trying too hard for likeness, while at the same time definitely capture the same feel of the of the characters uh, from the from the looks of, this, of these preview pages. It's reminiscent to. Uh, the art on Buffy uh, when when that first started with uh, season yeah, season yeah. seven or season eight, where you know they get you, you know who they are, but they're oh, yeah, not necessarily comparison. photo photo re- uh, realistic. Yeah. And I, I prefer that way. Same here. 
As a Cullen Bunn fan, you want to talk about page 106? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Black Manor, number one of four here. Uh, It's... uh, uh, from the same creators of Harrow County and the Sixth Gun, um, so it's uh, you know teaming back up Colin Bunn with uh, with art by uh, by Tyler Crook. Uh, this this looks like it's going to be a uh, uh, I mean from the looks of it, it's got to it's got to be horror or something like just looking mm. just looking at the pages. Um, but uh, it's uh, as his wicked and corrupt children fight fight over who will take the reins of Manor Black and become representatives of the Black Arts. Roman adopts a young mage whom he gifts his power to with the hope that someone good will take his place against the evil forces out to bring down his family and legacy. So horror fantasy from the looks of it. And uh, right. I, I, I'd be down for that. It's a four, you know, four issue miniseries for now. So could be, uh, will be easily collected. Now, I only have one other thing on Dark Horse, unless you have other stuff you want to comment on. Uh, I'll just also comment that that was 50% off, by the way, for Buck mm-hmm. But please continue. Anything else in Dark Horse you wanted to talk about? Uh, not much. I'm just scrolling through real quick to see if I miss anything because that's the joys of a PDF. I don't remember until mm. I'm looking at it. Uh, there is, you know what? Screw it. Why not? Page 111. Um, the Quiet Kind. It's a one shot. You don't see many of those. No, you don't. So that's why I'm I'm calling it out here. Uh, Jeremy Treese with uh, art by Kelly Williams and a cover by Michael Cho. Um, mm. A child suddenly imbued with the powers of ancient gods is visited by a band of similarly gifted children. Uh, will young Solomon hone his skills with the others? Will his he risk unraveling existence and use his raw control of reality just to get revenge on some bullies? Uh, it sounds really cool. And the writer is the same writer as Bitter Root. Uh, which I've heard very positive things about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're if you want something you know one and done, that's a good way to do it. So give it a shot. All right, I wanted to point on page one seventeen. Of course, this caught my eye. Mm-hmm. CBLDF presents Selling Comics: The Guide to Retailing and Best Practices in the Greatest Modern Art Form. Oh wow! So. The nuts and bolts of com- modern comics retailing with essays and best practices guidelines from some of the sharpest minds in the industry, articles in every, every aspect of comic retailing, staging successful in-store events, training staff, and diversifying product lines. Selling comics is a ground-level guide to building, developing, and growing your shop. So I'm really intrigued by this. I don't think I'm going to get it because in some ways it will be too painful for me to read. Mm-hmm. Um but one thing I will say to anybody out there who's considering opening a comic shop or some variation thereof, a, a confessional moment. The, the greatest mistake I made in my last years of retailing mm-hmm. was I, I was not – I was selling stuff I didn't love. Mm. And it, and my experience is if, if you – don't do that. If, you, if you're selling stuff you don't love, it's going to go south on you uh, eventually. And kind of when I was talking before about D and D, and I'll be blunt because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I, I so loathe Magic: The Gathering by the end of that tenure, and I so couldn't stand like two thirds of the players. Yeah. Um, and that's not just them; that's also me. It just it was not a good mix. Um, I won't go on a, on a rant because it's just not the time or place. Sure. But, you know, you you got to sell what you love. Absolutely. And. and, and if you're going to open a comic shop, which honestly I really wouldn't recommend at this point in the 21st century because I, I think that whole model is just it hasn't realized it's dead yet. But <laughs> and I'm not saying that in terms of bitter, bitter grapes. But, you know, it's just yeah. Look at look at the state of things. But 
Um, Combo shops are the way to go if you're going to do Yeah, anything. no, that's what I was yeah. going to say. You have to have other th- things in your store yeah. because otherwise you're not going to survive. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, especially if you're opening like, you know, a smaller store, you got to f- pick some other lines, product lines out that hope that, you know, hopefully you're really into that you can supplement because the comic alone will not keep the doors open Yeah. Um, in almost all cases. Yep. So that's what it just... Sell what you love, boys and girls, and, and you're, you're, you're going to be all right. Uh, if you need more information on it, it's yeah. for, it's 40% off for eight ninety nine on DCBS. So good good discount there to, to you know anybody who's an aspiring store owner. I've got one on 119 that Murd would sure. be calling out if he was here. Um, uh, Disney A Christmas Carol starring Scrooge McDuck. I knew you'd that up. <laughs> yep. Uh, celebrate the holiday spirit in this adaptation of Charles Dickens' classic ghost story featuring Scrooge McDuck. And uh, written by uh, Guido Martina with uh, art by Jose uh, Colomer Funtz. I believe his name is pronounced. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it. I mean, come on, it's 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 Christmas Carol, and it's and it's Scrooge McDuck. It's bound to be fun. So if you're if you're into any of those uh, interpretations or characters, go ahead and give it a shot. Ready for DC? Well, let's do it. Now, did you read uh, Sean Murphy's first Batman epic, uh, The White Knight? No, I have not. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, an episode or two ago that uh, I was waiting for that to be collected. Um, okay. So I think I will be picking that up in trade at some point. Because I've, I mean, I got a lot of praise. It did, yes, yeah, yeah and definitely. This is the sequel to it, also by Sean Murphy. Yeah. So, Curse of the White Knight, number one. Yeah, and I remember Sean Murphy appeared at a Super Show some years back. Yes, yes, so. and uh, I, I love seeing people that that were associated with Super Show in any way, shape, or form doing, uh, you know, doing positive in the uh, in the comics world this many years later. So, hell yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, this is the sequel, and uh, he's doing both the uh, the art and the writing. So uh, I I will have to read White Knight to see what yeah, this is too. all about. Uh, and this is a 50% off steal on DCBS, eight-issue miniseries, and this is number one for two forty nine. All right. No, I have nothing to say till page 12, so if you want to fill in before that, go ahead. I'm um, taking a look real quick. Uh, yeah, why not? The Secret Spiral of Swamp Kid. Since I've been pointing out these uh, these young adult books that they've been putting out uh, from DC, because frankly I think they're a very positive thing. Um, here's one uh, written by Kurt Scroggs, uh, and he's also the artist. Um, and uh, warning: unless you have express permission from Russell Wainwright to access his notebook, do not read any further. Seriously, we mean it. <laughs> and the the cover of it looks like a, a notebook for a young kid essentially and that uh, it looks like a, a teenage uh version of swamp thing uh that they're going to be putting out so that looks really cool and interesting to me and uh perhaps a diary of a wimpy kid-esque action going on here but yeah the secret spiral of swamp kid available this month from dc all right i wanted to celebrate uh one of my favorite writers I haven't read in a while on page 12 and 13, Matt Fraction. Yes. Jimmy Olsen, number one, with art by the great Steve Lieber. Mm. That's not even a hesitation. That's not on my order. <laughs> I don't give a crap what the story is about. It's Fraction and Steve Lieber. And then on the opposite page, Greg Rucka writing with Mike Perkins, Lois Lane, number one. I'm getting that too. Nice. Because it's Greg Rucka. I mean, <laughs> geez, Louise. 
Did you did you see on the previous pages they're collecting uh, stories that were originally available in the giant size collections? Yes, yeah. saw that. So we got that. We got Bendis's Batman story. We've got uh, Tom King's Superman story, and we've got uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti's Wonder Woman stories being collected and available in comic shops for the first time. So that, that's well. Wait, really were these cool. stories? What form were they released in originally? These were originally in the uh, the Walmart giant size specials. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So now now these are available in uh, on their own, collected as one story uh, for the first time, available in comic shops. So basically, well, one shots of the uh, you know other stories that were in multiple uh, giant size. I'll try to get the Tom King one at the very least. Definitely. Yep. Uh, Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds on page 11. Uh, the return of uh, Gerard Way's Doom Patrol um, and the young animal line in general after a little bit of a hiatus. Um, it'll be uh, Gerard Way with art by James Harvey this time around. And we get another story in, in his Doom Patrol world. Um, I, I, I unfortunately have not read the first Doom Patrol by Gerard Way, which is a, a disappointing for me because I love his his writing mm. style. Um, but I will, I may very well just jump in whole hog and pick this up and see see what it's like. Um, if not, if I can track down the uh, the first volume, maybe in a library or somewhere, I'll go ahead and give that a shot. But uh, Ian, I want to point out how inspiring it was that you used the term whole hog <laughs> without irony, <laughs> without sarcasm. That, that was that was a sexy moment for you, sir. Thank you, thank you. I, I am a wordsmith at best. <laughs> we should mention, by the way, the DC is running a, a big narrative promo this month: Year of the Villain, the offer. Yeah, they are. Uh, it has begun. Let's put it that way. Um, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long year for our heroes, from the looks of things. <laughs> yep. Um, I got to get back to Aquaman because I, I after. Uh, Oh, what the hell is his name? Fine oh, writer. Oh, After uh, Abbott yeah. uh, got off the – I loved his run. Again, because of my budget, I, I like shift around. I follow writers basically. So nothing against Kelly Sutakana who's an excellent writer. Sure. I stopped reading Aquaman. But mm-hmm. uh, I love this cover with Black Manta. Oh, yeah. Uh, I may jump back in. He's got the beard back in full form. So he's yep. very much looking like his Peter David days. Yep. Great variant cover by Ryan Sook. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to jump ahead to page 20 and 21 because I have to do my monthly, uh, you know, dribbling homage to Tom King. But of course. Uh, 70 Batman 74 and 75, City of Bane begins. Oh, boy. So I, I'm, I'm going to guess we're moving into the end game here uh, for, for in terms of Bane's plot, which of course involved the uh, – his marriage the, – the potential marriage going down the tubes it seems. So yep. – Man, uh, I just I've just been reading today because I got my shipment, you know, a week or two ago. Um, I think it's Batman sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Have you read? Are you current on Batman? Not even close. No, I, okay, I, 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 I'm I I'm like right even before the wedding. Like I, I need okay. I, I, yeah. So I I will and be I catching up eventually, but I for now I need I have a lot of catching up to do. All I'll say is what what amazes me about King's scripting on this title, and really all of his work. The the man can just do everything. He can write such light, funny, yep. quirky, like you know, self referential stories, and then he does these just <laughs> you know psychologically creepy, disturbing, awesome epic tales that yeah. just deconstruct a character right down to his core. I mean, this is it's as, for me. This is as good as it gets. 
Um, So I'm very excited about where he's going with Batman. We'll definitely be timing our next comic talk to be after uh, Heroes in Crisis number nine comes out because I might have some words. But uh, that's uh, that's, really, uh, yeah. I I'm not not exactly thrilled. I'll 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 save my 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 conversation for then. But uh, it's. It's uh, it's gone off the rails for me a little bit, but okay. Uh, I, I we'll haven't see. read issue eight yet. I had that in my pile. Yeah, so I assume you've read issue eight. I I have, and uh, yeah, it's and you weren't happy with it. Not exactly. I, Ooh, I I'm I'm okay. waiting. I'm waiting for issue nine to have full opinion on it. But uh, it's yeah. I'll I'll have I have words. I'll just okay. leave it at that. Yeah. I love when you have words. It's it, interesting to hear what Shane thinks of the story as well. Yeah. All uh, right. Excellent. Very next page on page twenty two. Uh, Batman Secret Files number two. Uh, written by Andy Kubert, Tim Seeley, Steve Orlando, uh, Margaret Scott, Colin Kelly, and Jackson Lanzig. And art by a bunch of different people in there as well. I love Secret Files, and I'm glad that the format's back. Yeah, it's a great format. Yep. That, that was, those books were always fun. Oh, yeah. You really felt you got, you really felt you got bang for your buck with those issues. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. I, let's see. Um... I'm not done with DC, but I don't have I don't have a lot to say about a lot of the monthlies here. Yeah, I'm taking a taking a quick look here to see if anything else catches my eye. Uh, got... Grant Morrison is doing a Green Lantern annual on page thirty-nine. Ah, okay. All right, so that's uh, at least one further issue of uh, of the Green Lantern than than what was expected. So that's something. Wait, wait, why do you say that? Well, I I didn't know that a, that an annual was going to be in there because I, oh, okay. I I assume this is going to be a twelve issue arc. Like I, I doubt Morrison's going to be on it any longer than that, um, just because Morrison tends to only be on things so long to begin with. Right. Well, um, we're getting an annual out of him, though. Excellent. I'm work with that. Uh, and uh, page thirty seven, by the way, since I've mentioned uh, all the other previous uh, parts of it, the finale mm. of Flash Year One, with a stunning, stunning cover by Howard Porter. Uh, I oh yeah, look at that! God, I love it. I gotta love how kinetic his work can be. Are you reading this series? I'm I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm okay. I, I'm I'm 100 committed percent uh, committed to picking up and trade because uh, this is a this is a series that I I am interested in because I've never exactly been a Barry Allen guy and I want to mm-hmm. see how they touch on his year one to try to win me over. Uh, well, look look at that variant cover of Captain Cold by Francis Manipal. Oh, it's wow. gorgeous. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, holy mackerel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else in DC strikes my eye here. Uh, Freedom Fighters number seven. I guess we find out who the traitor is. Uh, I'll have to touch in with Murd on that to see if he's been keeping up. Is he series. is he following through on Freedom Fighters? I wasn't sure if he was or not. Uh, I I think he was uh, he was uh, he was yes or no on it. So I'll have to find out okay. if he was actually a yes in the end. Um, but okay. uh, I know I know he I know he enjoyed a decent amount of the first issue. But okay, yeah. I'm jumping way ahead because I always have to point it out because it's just always great. Mm-hmm. On page 58, Scooby-Doo team of number 49, Metamorpho. <laughs> top, well, he's actually part of the mystery machine because he's uh, merging with it. But uh, it's, it's just – this. see, when I see a book like this, like this, it takes me back to – all right, I'm going to the spinner rack yep. at Hubbard's Cupboard in Warren, New Jersey in the <laughs> early 80s. And comics were fun, and yep, that's it right there. Triple A comics and cards for me. It was directly next to the Kingsway Movie Theater uh, yep. in in Brooklyn. That was the uh, place I went to to get my my first comic that I actually remember getting on Kenny X Men number three hundred back in the nineties. 
And uh, I, I, it then became Acme Comics a couple of doors down on the opposite side of the street. And mm. from there, I went to a couple of different shops. But uh, that's those were the golden, the golden age for me of comics, essentially. Well, Even- let's let me let me share. And that first of all, the fact that you said X Men Three Hundred is your first book reminds yep. me of how middle aged I am. <laughs> Um, but I'm perfectly content with that, but yep. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned over the years, uh, my first shop, cause I, I started with flea markets and convenience stores. Yep. And then in, in, in 1982 with GI Joe came out, which of course I was completely besotted with. And I found, you remember the old Marvel comics that have like the listing of comic shops in various States. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And in Somerville, right near where I live, great town, quality comics mm-hmm. on division street. I said before, my mother has demonstrated her love for me in so many ways in my 46 years on this planet, (laughs) but rarely more so than she would take me every month to this dank, (laughs) just (laughs) fetid pit. Oh, boy. Where, like, you know, who knows what's skidding around in the shadows. (laughs) I mean, the owner was clearly amused for the comic shop guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. I, I mean, but... I, I was I was so smitten, and that place and the place was a hole. But <laughs> I got GI Joe every month. Nice, and it all started there. Mm-hmm. Well, in in the uh, in the same uh, you know ec- echelon of fun, uh, page fifty, Looney Tunes number two fifty, two hundred and fifty wow. issues of Looney Tunes, God. and this one is all about baseball. So that's why it catches my eye immediately. Um, written in uh, and drawn by Scott Gross. I didn't it, realize this around for two hundred fifty issues. Neither, neither have I. Holy neither have mackerel. I, man. Yeah, and uh, this is a uh, Bugs Bunny at the bat, Woody Tunes versus the Barnyard Dogs. <laughs> Good old Foghorn Leghorn there. I love it. <laughs> I'm on to trades. Unless you have any other floppies you want to shout out. I'm taking a quick look here, and I. Th- Think I think I'm with you because most most everything else is uh, in the middle of story arcs and what have you. Oh, you know what? I'll bring up one more just for the just for the the cover alone. And I really want to know what the hell they're doing with uh, with Bizarro now with this. But uh, Red Hood Outlaw Annual Number Three. Uh, what page is that? On uh, page fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a a Bizarro with a beard. Oh, Murd. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's uh, almost like a Hulk esque looking Bizarro, like way yeah. more veiny and poppy than I ever expect him to to look like. Um, and uh, it's let's let's see let's see where this one goes, to say the least. Uh, written by Scott Lobdell and uh, art by Adam Polina, in an annual to the Red Hood Outlaw series. So you hear the name Scott Lobdell? It takes us back to when you started reading comics. Yep. Yes, indeed. Because um, he was all over the X Men universe in that time period. He sure was, uh, and uh, and he wrote the wedding of Gene and Scott. Yes. Oh, I thought Fabian Assisi oh, wrote that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm thinking they they were both doing it at the same time, so it's it's hard to remember That's who right. did yeah, what. Yeah, they were. They were. I think one was on Uncanny. The other was on X Men. Correct. Correctly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. All right. I wanted to point out because Murr would definitely shout this out. And pay, we're into trades here in page mm-hmm. seventy. Yep. All-Star Comics, only Legends Live Forever hardcover. So it collects all the Bronze Age Justice Society of America stories from All-Star Comics, Adventure Comics, and DC Special 29. Oh, wow. Great collection. 50 bucks before discount. Paul Levitz, Jerry Conway writing. That's enough. <laughs> Great artist, Joe Staten, Bob Layden, Wally Wood. Wow. I didn't realize he did some work on that. Keith Giffen, 
covered by Staten and Giordano. Joe Staten was a was a guest the last uh, Super Show we did in 2013. There you go. I have one more in the floppies, by the way. Please. Just, just real quick, because I have to mention Young Justice whenever possible, and it involves a multiverse, so you couldn't sell me any further than you already have. Mm. Uh, on page 68, uh, Young Justice number seven, uh, written by Bendis with art and cover by John Timms. Uh, Ju- Young Justice lost in the multiverse after the explosive conclusion of the Gemworld adventure. Team's having a hard time finding their way back to Earth. So I want to know where they wind up in this one, because uh, there there were some major revelations uh, in the most recent Young Justice, uh, especially uh, with, with relating to Tim Drake, that had me very intrigued as to where Bendis is going with uh, with the series. All right, so good stuff. I just want to point out that we should probably move on to yep. the next company because our time is a little short. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, we have another special episode we're recording after this one. Woohoo! Um, page uh, seventy six, Hitman's greatest hits. <laughs> so this is one of the best series Garth Ennis, I think, has ever done. It doesn't get the attention like Preacher does, but consistently great. Um, I've talked about it before. Uh, I think Murd commented on one of the issues in one of his really recent time bubbles, actually. Um, this is a collection of the great standalone stories or, or mini arcs. This is a series I, I, I don't have all the collected. I, I have to have it all the collected because it's so goddamn good. I highly recommend that. And then below that, Just League of America, The Last Survivors of Earth, classic Bronze Age um, topical stories, you know, social, socially conscious stories that you would get a lot in the Bronze Age. Yep. Like the truth behind a pollution blasting factory. <laughs> so, you know, Denny O'Neill writing some of that stuff. Mike Friedrich. And right beneath that on page 77, by the way, Justice, Justice, the deluxe edition, has to be mentioned just for the fact that uh, they're finally giving this, uh, this justice, uh, ed, you know, by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger, uh, some further love with the Alex Ross and Doug oh, Braithwaite yeah. art. I love this series when it was coming out, and uh, it's uh, it, it deserves a deluxe edition with gorgeous painted art like that. Mm. Ready for IDW? Ready for IDW. Let's do it. Okay, page one thirty nine. Walter Simonson, Ragnarok, the breaking of uh, of Helheim. Okay, it's Walt Simonson doing Norse stories. <laughs> what else needs to be said? I mean, yeah, right. You know, he only did one of the greatest Thor runs of all time. So, um, yeah, uh, come on. <laughs> I feel like Enough. that. I feel like that cover may also be like an homage to 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 Thor in general. Uh, just just with the the way that that uh, that each character is posed. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, it looks like yep. a very familiar image. Yep. Uh, Devin okay. Grayson has a new series. Uh, oh, good writer. Yeah, uh, and, and actually, sorry, a one-shot specifically. Uh, she's doing a one-shot uh, for Glow, uh, the uh, the wonderful Netflix series uh, based on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, mm. And, and uh, this is uh, written by Devin Grayson with art and cover by Lisa Stirl. Um, so uh, we get some further Glow action uh, by Devin Grayson, a name we do not see nearly enough these days. No. Yep. And I've, I've only seen a few episodes of that show, but I loved what I saw. That's oh, great. Yeah, especially... Especially the, especially the fact that Mark Marin is a spitting image of 1970s Stanley. Well, you took the words because I, I love like I'm a big fan of Mark Marin's podcast. Yeah. I got into that the past year, and it, it's really fun watching him on that show. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. yep. All right. Um, what else you got for IDW? Um, I'll go with uh, actually a miniseries uh, starting on page 141, Star Pig Number One. This looks like a lot Ooh. of fun. Um, the writer Delia Dawson, uh, art by Francesco uh, Gaston, 
And uh, like many late 21st century teens, geeky 16-year-old Vess gets packed off to spend her summer at space camp, which is literally in space. (laughs) 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 And a shuttle accident sends her and and uh, and the passengers uh, careening towards a cold, frosty death amongst the stars. And uh, they wind up uh, being rescued, and uh, it's a it looks like a nice, fun space adventure and uh, young adult style here. Uh, by was Beth- there a bad '80s movie called Space Camp? Um, there may have been. It sounds yeah, like there should have been. So yeah. I'm just gonna say yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is from uh, New York Times bestselling author uh, Delia S. Dawson. Uh, she did uh, Star Wars: Forces of Destiny and mm-hmm. uh, and Marvel Action Spider-Man before this as well, and uh, yeah. might be worth giving a go. A couple of things I wanted to shout out because I've meant to shout this in the past few months and I kept failing. On page one sixty one, Michael Avon Owing is doing a Dick Tracy miniseries. Huh. Okay. Uh, this is issue four, so it's the end. But I I, I was remiss in not mentioning it earlier, but. If there's any artist whose style lends itself to the world of Dick Tracy, man, it's Michael Avon Oming. So oh, absolutely. he's writing and drawing it. So that's probably worth it worth checking out. And uh, page one forty six has the collection of the uh, of the new Transformers volume, uh, volume one of the World in Your Eyes, which is supposed to be a bold new era for the Transformers uh, crew. Uh, so it looks like it's mostly Gen one based. So anybody who's a, a fan of uh, old school Transformers, this might be up your alley here. Um, and it collects uh, the first twelve issues into a, uh, a large format hardcover. Uh, let me see what the what the discount is on this, but mm. there, there better be one, honestly, because uh, <laughs> uh, I see that, that it's that it's going for uh, 50 bucks normal. Uh, it'll go for 32.49 on DCBS. So All right. 35%. I'm jumping into page 169. I'm very excited. The, the, the last League of Extraordinary Gentleman's story is now being collected because I missed some of the issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is volume four, The Tempest. I'm definitely picking this up. Mm. Thirty bucks before uh, discount. Um, you know, it's it's the culmination of. I mean, how do you even describe this world? It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill taking every conceivable you know pulp fiction character you can think of, yeah, um, and just running with them in this time spanning mind-bending adventure absolutely uh it's it's a masterpiece yep so i also want to put on page 171 after the spring a story of tunisian youth writer artist cover i'm going to mispronounce the hypothesis helene aldeguerre um it's, it's all about young people in the aftermath of the arab spring in tunisia which if, if you're not familiar with the history tunisia is the only country out of that those series of revolutions that actually came out of the other end more or less with a democratic government Mm. Um, and the Arab Spring actually began in Tunisia when a a, uh, a street vendor uh, apparently totally uh, uh, had, had just had it with government regulation, set himself on fire in protest, and then, and then things went from there. So this is probably a very important story. Uh, it won all kinds of awards in Europe. So there's translated English uh, coming to you from IDW. I got I got one uh, a couple pages prior on page one sixty eight, Cosmo Knights, almost for the name alone, <laughs> uh, writer artist uh, Hannah Templer, and uh, they describe it as it combines the outer space thrills of Saga and Star Wars with the glamour and revolution of the Hunger Games. Well, that's a hell of a testimonial right there. You ain't kidding, yeah. And the uh, the cover uh, reminds me a lot of uh, of Shira. 
And uh, that, She-Ra. Yep. Uh, the the new, not the old, of course. Yeah, I know, I know. And you're a big fan of the new one. Right? I am. Yeah. The season two just launched a couple of days ago, actually, and I uh, I started that the other day, and I'm really enjoying where they're going with the series. So uh, looks like it's going to be some uh, some well drawn art and uh, some very uh, fun style there. So give it a shot if you like puns. <laughs> and the last thing I want to mention for IDW from from my end is on page 173. We've raved about their Artist Edition series many times over the years. Um, it takes various forms. Uh, and I, I, I had to sell a lot of these when I closed my store. But one of the few I kept was this one. Mm. Mazzucchelli's Born Again. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've mentioned many times, I, this is my favorite comic book story of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you love the Daredevil Netflix show, the third season, which I thought was outstanding really was inspired by this story yep although the show took it in its own direction but that worked just fine mm-hmm. um god this is this is i mean i don't like to use this word loosely this is a masterpiece um so if you either get this or if you want to just you know just get the regular trade if you just want to get something cheaper but it doesn't really get any better as far as i'm concerned all right let's move on marvel moving on to marvel okay first of all the opening page is exciting. Marvel's epilogue number one. Yes. Busek and Alex Ross. And the premise is the all new, all different X-Men of the Bronze Age. Yeah. Um I sixteen page story, five bucks, it's gonna be worth every penny. I, I had no idea this was happening. And, Me neither. <laughs> and I, I'm glad it is, yeah. Uh, this this uh, this immediately has me intrigued. I mean, Marvels is one of the one of the best uh, stories that Marvel has ever put out. Absolutely. And to now have an epilogue to go well, it along says, with and it, and you can see exactly where they're going here because Phil Sheldon and his daughters are in Manhattan to see the Christmas lights. Find themselves in the middle of a clash from the Outsider Heroes and the Deadly Sentinels. So that's that's like a classic. X-Men Bronze Age story. Wow. That's in the, oh, I know exactly where they're, oh, wow. <laughs> and it's 40% off for three bucks on, uh, on DCBS as well. Uh, the, the, with the, with a cover like that and with, uh, with straight up Alex Ross art. Oh my God. Like, come on. Yep. We'll be talking about that one on the air. Yep. And the next page. Okay. I'm very excited for this. We mentioned this briefly because they had a teaser in last month's previews. House of X number one. I can't. Now here's wait. what matters. It's written by Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. And I have I haven't really been following the X Men now for quite a few years. I jump in it once in a while. I never know what the hell's going on. Yeah. But I'm jumping on this, you know, with both feet. I am so looking forward to this, uh, only because I mean, not not just because of Hickman, but because of the art as well. But it it seems like uh, this is going to reboot and restart the X Men the same way that Bendis did. Um, only I feel like it might actually have some lasting power to it. Well, it um, says here, since the release of Uncanny X-Men 1, there have been four seminal moments in the history of the X-Men. Giants as X-Men, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, New X-Men. Yep. Wow, that's that's quite some company. Yeah. And it's basically saying this is going to be in the same on the same strata, essentially. I, I'm sold. And and John, yeah. Jonathan Hickman convinced them to cancel every other X-Book. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's nothing against the creators, but there's just too many. Sure, yeah, but um, that but that he was able to pull that off and have this yeah. now be the only you know the only X book around while this is coming out, and, and I'm going to buy it. Absolutely, Powers so, of X and House of X. Boom. Yeah, the art the art is gorgeous. Look it's, at that art. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, love it. 
Good stuff. And, he, and Powers of X, as you mentioned, is the, is the companion book that he's writing. Yep. And and that's and uh, I see the uh, from from the uh, from the art that they have on that uh, we're going to have maybe some more spacefaring adventures. Yep, which is just ideal with the X Men. Oh yeah. Okay, let's. No, holy God! Look at on page ten. I missed this in my first uh, perusal. History of the Marvel Universe by Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez. Yep. Look at that interior art. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Merge, you got to be all over this, brother. Oh, I, I saw when Mark Wade announced this on his uh, on his Facebook. Look at Infinity gems. Oh, look at that page. Oh my God. Yeah, it's it's a six issue series, and I cannot wait for this to be collected because it is going to be a shining gem when that happens. You know, like From it'll be it'll be that one twilight of existence. Oh my oh. God. Yeah, there's nothing better than that. Looks amazing. Look at, look at that page though, with all the cosmic entities. It's it's Oof. a sight to behold. Yeah, that's that's extremely exciting. Yep, absolutely. I'm also looking on page 14. Again, they always Jason Aaron's born to write in certain characters. Now he's writing Valkyrie. Yeah, that's, with, Al, with Al Ewing. Yeah, he's a great writer too because of Mortal Hulk. Yeah, I don't know who Kafu is as the art, but I like I like the looks of it. I've seen Kafu around a couple times, yeah. uh, so that's uh, you know not not uh, not out of my realm there. But uh, but yeah, and and the fact that uh, that this is the Valkyrie who it is means that it essentially continues at, you know Aaron's long running story in just a new form. Terrific. Yep. I'm jumping back and actually speaking mm-hmm. of uh, of uh, you know Asgardians. Uh, Loki has a new series on page 12, um, and uh, his first ever, well, not first ever, an a all-new ongoing series for Loki uh, with uh, Daniel Kivelsmith is a name I am not familiar with at all, uh, art by Oscar uh, Bazal- Bazaldua, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm not familiar with at all, but at the same time, that cover is awesome and immediately has me struck. Yes. <laughs> so I, may give, I might give it a shot, because I've always been a Loki fan, so... Who knows? And on page 20, Mark Wade is writing an Invisible Woman miniseries. Yes. The first time ever Invisible Woman has been in a solo series of any sort. That's right. Yeah. And who better to tell that story than Mark Wade? Yes, indeed. Secrets about her past revealed therein will shake readers' perception of the Invisible Woman forevermore. Yep. All right. Next page. I'm loving Aaron's run on Avengers. It's so outstanding. He just so gets the the characters, the dynamics, the feel. I mean, he has he balances that epic feel which you need for Avengers stories with the character interplay. It's just great. Oh yeah. So I, I highly recommend that. And, what else new, you got for Marvel? Go ahead. I'm we, sorry. We got a new Death's Head series. I, did I not, just saw that. We, we I did not see that coming at all. Page uh, page twenty four. Uh, Teeny Howard uh, with uh, with K Zama. It's a four issue miniseries about Death's Head. Uh, one of the more weird uh, characters in the history of the Marvel Universe. That's a Marvel UK character, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Originally so, yes. And uh, when a job goes wrong, intergalactic mech merc Death's Head wakes up half-assembled at a punk show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, sure. Why not? I wanted to point out that, because I'm reading some stuff on Marvel Limited, and I'm reading Immortal Hulk on Marvel Unlimited. Ian, it is so damn hard to oh, yeah. wait. I know. Because yep. this book, because I think Marvel Limited is for like issue seven, maybe. Yep. Um, and now we're up through issue twenty-one in floppies. Um, it, it's it, it's 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 breathtaking how good this book is. Yeah. Um, 
Yep. I haven't been this excited about the Hulk in a long time. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So if, uh, speaking out to people who maybe haven't tried this book yet, maybe you're not a huge Hulk fan, doesn't matter. If you love the comic book art form, you love Marvel, pick this book up. <laughs> uh, 26 and 27 for the manga-esque style alone has me interested, but I see that uh, Arrow number one uh, has, a, has a character from uh, War of the Realms, Agents of Atlas, in their new ongoing series, and Swordmaster number one on the next page, uh, which is co-written by Greg Pak. Um, uh, has a uh, 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 basically the mighty Marvel martial arts double trouble in, huh. a, in an all new ongoing series. Um, both of these series may be may very well be on my digital pull list just to check them out because uh, I love the trade dress and the overall style of it. Just feels like it may, that Marvel may actually be trying new things for the first time in a while. Well, and that's and good. That's good to hear. Give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to point out on page. Forgive me. Uh, th- oh, first of all, Ecstatics are coming back, and Giants Ecstatic one and thirty four. Yeah, by Milligan and Allred. I wow. Okay, uh, is it an anniversary? Like, is that why this is happening? Because I, 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 I'd love to know if they're sticking around for anything past this, or if this is just a return to the. It just says Giant Size Number One. Yeah, so I don't know. All right. Okay. Uh, page thirty eight. So Secret Wars. Mm. Al Ewing is at the helm with a with a lot of great writers, Mark Wade, Tim Seeley, among others. I can't afford all these books, but <laughs> I'll probably read them on Unlimited, you know, six months later. Yeah, yeah. It's Sol- Secret Warps, Soldier Supreme, uh, Secret Warps, Weapon Hex, Secret Warps, Ghost Panther. I mean, oh my God, with a name like Ghost Panther. And uh, Arachnite seems like it could be pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome, too. But uh, my favorite is Iron Hammer. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, I want to point out on page 42. This is very exciting. Captain America the Invaders, the Bahamas Triangle number one. Okay, now I, I'm getting palpitations. <laughs> the writer is Roy Thomas. The artist is Jerry Ordway. Whoa. God damn. So this is Cap in an early adventure of the, in 1941 before America's even entered the war uh, officially. And uh, – Taking on the superior Roy Thomas, uh, the Nazi super soldier called Der Wunderkrieger, or, or Der Wunderkrieger, or Wonder Warrior. Oh, and then Samaritan the Human Torch in immediately. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Tom Roy Thomas and Jerry Ordway. Oh my God! Yeah, that's. Now you got you got to smile when you look on page forty-seven, the Marvel Summer Special. Uh, remember they used to remember they used to do books like this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually believe that's been canceled. Um, oh, ah. No, I, I'm not. I'm not joking when I say that. Like, I, 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 I'm almost certain I read an, a, a, an article somewhat recently that said that the that the summer special had been canceled. But uh, I, if I'm wrong, uh, they can correct me on the comic forums. But uh, I'm almost certain I, I read that somewhat recently that uh, I guess they're not going forward with it after all. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Since we're kind of short on time, let's. Well, I want to just motor through a couple things. And we'll get to the rest of the book. Yeah. Give me. Give me. Give me. One, give me one sec, though, uh, because yeah. if I don't call out back on page thirty-five, the fact that Peter David is writing Fantastic Four, then that. Oh, it, that a crossover he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Prodigal Son. It's uh, part of a three-chapter ser- uh, series uh, that's going to cover Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. But just in general, Peter David covering Fantastic Four, and it looks like it's going to have Kazar in it in some form. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Oh, my God. Yes. Immediately in. 
with with, well, with Peter that David could write a grocery list. I'd find it captivating. That so, is true. Yep. Quickly shout out on page uh, forty-eight: Evaders by Zdarsky, Carlos Mango, and Butch Weiss. One of the best Marvel comics you may not be reading. Yep. I, 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 fascinating uh, uh, retroactive retro history on the Submariner. Recommend enough. Okay, so Spider-Man: Life Story number five, the two thousands. Okay. Oh, All I'll say is I want to say more of this for the next comic talk. Yeah. But I just read issue two, the seventies. Oh my god. Ian, 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 I nearly wept. I was so happy at how good this book is. So good. So we'll we'll, we'll come back to that when we have more time. Oh, really absolutely. About it. But yeah, and the cover it, too is just striking. Yeah, it's God. <laughs> Chip Zdarsky. Oh. Yep. Uh, if you're not reading Black Panther, the, the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda, this is truly an epic arc by Ta-Nisi Coates and Daniel Acuna. It's one of the most exciting Black Panther stories I've read in years. The, the sheer scope of it is really awesome. And I mean awesome in the, in the, in the true sense of that word. Def, I mean, I hope they eventually collect this in a, in a massive trade because it deserves it. It's mm. amazing. Yep. Um, what else do you want to shout out for Marvel before we move on? Uh, not much else. Uh, I'll, I'll mention that the uh, the second issue of Silver Surfer Black uh, com- comes out this month on page 65. Uh, Donnie, Donnie Cates... Uh, spinning a, a yarn about uh, about Silver Surfer, uh, we touched on the first issue uh, last previews, and I'm definitely interested in where this goes, uh, especially with the art style there. It's uh, very very striking, so I'll mention that. And uh, I think that's just about it off the top of my head because everything else seems to be ongoing and uh, stuff we've already touched on in previous ish, uh, episodes. Okay. All right. And one thing I'll briefly mention is that you have a new writer for the Star Wars, the flagship Star Wars title, which has been consistently great on page 9091. Mm-hmm. Greg Pack with art by Phil Noto. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm all over that because I, I've yet to read a bad issue in that series. So yeah. it sounds like they're going to maintain that consistently high quality. Um, I won't talk about any trades because we're, we're short on time. That's but- fine. We can always do that next time. Yep. So sounds good to me. All right. So looking at the rest of the book, uh, if you're if you're a Vampirella fan, you're getting a new number one from Dynamite on page one eighty four, with a Frank Cho wraparound cover. Mm-hmm. I never really read Vampirella, but uh, if you're a fan of it, there you go. That's there's a brand new series. <laughs> Um, you have any Vampirella experience or no? Not really, no. I, I've seen more pinups of Vampirella than I've read issues, but that's uh, that's, yeah. that's about it. My um, my my, uh, my my Adobe just crashed on me, so just go ahead and and jump forward. I'll I'll catch up to you. Sure. Uh, page two hundred four. They're collecting the, the Innes's and Derek Robinson's classic boys series in a series of omnibuses. That's going to be in a series on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I really hope they don't wimp out and do that and they, they do that series just you know when that's starting uh soon i i believe the first uh trailer came out uh okay. so, so i have i have viewed the trailer and and it did look uh like it's just about as uh as you know dark and uh and gritty as the uh as the series okay. was well, so I'm, I'll, I'll look for the trailer because i'm really looking forward to seeing that yep um i wanted to point out um you got anything for Boom you wanted to shout out? Um, I do have on page 212 uh, mm-hmm. a New World, an original graphic novel softcover um, by uh, by David Jesus Vignoli. Um, uh, New World weaves the stories of three characters from unique backgrounds, an indigenous warrior seeking revenge against those who invaded her land, an African musician fighting for freedom against those who enslaved him, and a Portuguese sailor in search of redemption who come together on a heroic quest to free the world from an in- 
Crouching Darkness. Very intrigued. Hmm. Right there. So absolutely, uh, and and I and I like seeing new original graphic novels in general. So, uh, page two forty four. I applaud previews for doing Kid Comics Month recommended reading. Yep. So I'm, I've always, when I was a retailer and, and beyond that, anytime you get kids, well, get, speaking as a teacher, anytime you get kids to read anything besides their cellular devices, that's a huge achievement. Um, so wonderful to see all the, the variety they have here. Um, quickly. Dave Sims Aardvark Vanaheim label on page 246, Fornicators Incorporated One-Shot. <laughs> okay. You got to read the, the copy, ladies and gentlemen. I, I can't oh really my. do that justice at the moment. Oh, but, my God. <laughs> um, I want to point out on page 248, Terry Moore, five years. So I read the first issue. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. This is him bringing all of his characters in his Moore universe together into one epic story that literally is about the end of the world. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> um, the first issue was jaw-dropping. So if you love Strangers of Paradise, Echo, Motor Girl, um, Rachel Rising, they're all there. And it, it, and believe me, it all works. So definitely give that a try if, if you love more in his characters. Uh, what else do you want to shout out from the rest of the book? Again, I apologize to the audience. We're, we're kind of running through because we have another big episode. We're going to be doing it right after this one. We have people waiting for us. So Not a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to... I actually had the wrong previews opened up. Uh, well, I'll mention on page two fifty eight so. while you're looking through. Go ahead. Um, from the aftershock label, uh, they did an original graphic novel came out just just recently, a Garth Ennis, uh, Keith Burns war story about a British uh, bomber pilot at the end of the war in Europe, and I love because they decided to give Ennis a whole graphic novel to tell this story, hmm. and this is volume two again. When I think about the future of the medium, this is the kind of stuff I'm thinking about where. They're going right to the OGN format, which I, in many ways I prefer at this point. Yeah. Um, and the first arc was phenomenal. Like Keith Burns does, does, does his homework, the, the, the attention to detail in terms of the, the equipment, the uniforms, beautiful. And, of course, it's Garth Ennis doing a war comic. That should be <laughs> enough. No one does it better. I have on 264, speaking of, uh, of collections, uh, a vo- volume one trade paperback of Dead Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. new new work by Steve Orlando with uh, with art oh. by, by Matthew Dow Smith. Um, uh, young brother has been kidnapped by the secret police, and uh, and his uh, brother drags himself back into the madness with a simple goal to find his brother. Looks very cool. So, well, Steve Orlando. Yep, definitely. And uh, what else you got, uh, sweetie pie? Uh, not much else at the moment, but I do want to touch on some manga, so I'm going to scroll down to that section real quick and see if there's anything that catches my eye there. You got anything else? Uh, I wanted to talk about. Well, I always want to talk about tomorrow's. So that's near the end of the end of the comic section. Um, but. Yeah, let me jump to that because it's, it's just fresh in my mind. Sure. Oh no, actually no, there was something else I wanted to mention. I, I do, uh, I do have something while you while you look for that. Go actually. for it. Go for it. Uh, yeah. Three twenty eight. Uh, this is all part of the uh, of the of the new line uh, that uh, that's being put out. Uh, Strange Lands number one by by Mags Visaggio and uh, Darcy Little Badger with uh, mm. with art by Vanessa Del Rey. Um, and uh, and uh, ignited is the other series that's uh, that's being offered uh, here as well, uh, which is also being offered again for issue one that Mark Wade is co-writing with Kwanzaa uh, Osayefo. But uh, it, this looks to be uh, Adam Land on Indigenous American, <clears throat> an Indigenous American and 
Awakshi land, a British Asian, Asian, have what some might call a love-hate relationship. They'd probably be better off without one another, except for the fact that they have superpowers that oh. cause mass destruction whenever they are separated. So that that is one hell of a marriage right there. And let's and uh, this is the humanoids label. And I'm looking yep. down at the bottom of the page. I'm glad you drew my attention to this because I missed it in my first uh, run through the catalog. Mm-hmm. The Shanghai Dream. Yes. Philippe Theralt, Art Jorge Miguel. This is right up my alley. Oh, wow. Yeah. A young Jewish filmmaker escapes the Nazi threat in Shanghai, where he is forced to adopt to a new land and cope with loss of the magic of filmmaking. Of course, the Japanese are going to attack China uh, in this same time period. So, oh, okay. I may, I may have to splurge on that. Um, I wanted to mention back a few pages. You you put me right where I needed to be, actually. You know, mm-hmm. Page 326, Ditko Shrugged. The uncomprising life of the artist behind Spider-Man. Wow. So this is a new uh, – in, in the wake of his death, he died recently at the age of 90. Um, and as we kind of could anticipate, I, I think he he died and no one knew right, so they, they found his body uh, some at some point after that, which knowing the way Ditko lived was not surprising. Um, but this is a new biography of his whole life, uh, 59.95. The company is Hermes Press. They always do good historical work. <laughs> I will probably get this. The, I, I have to mention on page 334, a parody one-shot being put out with six different covers because, of course, called X Liefeld's number one. <laughs> <laughs> the writer is is Rob Pachik uh, with art by Rob Nikowakakis. And yes, please go buy all six issues of this because then you'll get the full experience of X Liefeld's. <laughs> Whatever you may say about Liefeld, the guy still makes money. Yes, he does. He, he most. Definitely I, ne- does. I never. I never. I never took to his work, but yeah. Uh, so it goes. That's another discussion. But yeah, uh, page three forty-five from Lion Forge, Irena, book one, wartime ghettos. This is about a true story about a woman who helped um, sneak children out of the, out of the Warsaw ghetto during the Nazi occupation of oh, Poland. Wow. Um. Her story was embraced worldwide in 1999 with a celebrated play and television movie, which I've never seen, actually. She's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, she passed away in 2008 at the age of 98. I love the art style. You see the art style in this? Year? I do, yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 very uh, – It's it, it, I, even though it's a little bit cartoonish, at the same time, it's raw and realistic. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. I love Written it. Written by Jean-David Morvan and Severine Trefoul. I, I butchered the name. I apologize. Illustrated by David Everard. Yeah, so I'm, that's I'm, I'm almost guaranteed to be reading this at some point. Yeah, at, only at, twenty at bucks before the discount. Definitely. Yep. So that that's I'm sure well worth people's time. Uh, I think I'm on to tomorrow's. Do you have anything else in between you wanted to shout out? Uh, go right ahead. So tomorrow's again, as I say virtually every month. If you love the history of comics, you appreciate the history of comics. There's nobody does but more justice to it than this this company. Um, and they have a tribute issue to Steve Ditko and Alter Ego number 160, which is Roy Thomas's long-running legendary fanzine. Um, Steve Ditko remembered. Uh, you've got an overview of his entire career. Um, you know, Marvel, Charlton, DC. A rare late 60s interview by Mike Richard Howe. Remember, Ditko gave very few interviews in his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he rarely – he only went to a couple cons. I think the last con he went to was like before he even left Marvel. Um, you've got, uh, notes by Nick Caputo, tributes by Gilbert, Paul Levitz, Bernie Bubnis, Barry, Barry Pearl, Roy Thomas, who, you know, who, who knew Ditko at least a little bit. Um, 
Although did anybody ever really know Ditko? That's that's a question one has to ask. Yeah. Um, so that's that's immediate. And then on page 390, back issue 115, sci-fi superheroes, Starlin's Dreadstar, Judge Dredd, Nova, Star, Jerry Conway, Mike Vosberg, Starman, Paul Levin, Steve Ditko, Starman, Walter Simonson's Justice Peace. I remember him from Thor. Uh, Greg Poland, Potter and Gene Colan's Gem, Son of Saturn. Wow. That's going to be fun. <laughs> So I found I found what I was looking for on page 378. Let's roll back ever so slightly to something that I mentioned was going to be happening this month on last episode of previews. Blade Runner 2019 number one. Oh, my uh, I have been I have I was so looking forward to this when I read about it happening. But uh, Michael Green, the screenwriter for Blade Runner 2049, Logan, American Gods and a writer for Supergirl. Along with, wow. with longtime co-writer Mike Johnson uh, of uh, of uh, Batman, Superman, and, uh, and Star on? Trek, this is on page uh, three seventy eight. Okay, uh, and illustrated by Andres uh, Ginaldo of uh, Justice League Dark and Captain America, set in the neo noir city of Los Angeles, twenty nineteen. Veteran Blade Runner detective Ash has a new case: a billionaire's child kidnapped by bioengineered replicants. And the original movie took place in, um... I think twenty, <sighs> I think twenty seventeen, or 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 something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and, so and, this is shortly after that story, then. Yeah, uh, because uh, twenty forty nine is you know the follow up movie, right? So this is somewhere smack dab in the middle of that. And when did they say the blackout occurred in twenty forty nine? I. Think it, Do you remember? I think it might have been like 2021 or 2022, okay. so we're not there yet. That's a movie we have to talk about. We have more time because I've never discussed that movie with you, Blade Runner 24, uh, 2049. I adore that so, movie. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it when we have more time. Yep, great stuff. I want to point out quickly on page 392 because Valiant always does interesting stuff. Killers number one, uh, B. Claymore, Fernando Dognino. Uh, this is, let's see, five deadly assassins are recruited into a game of cat and mouse by the mysterious jonin uh i, I love stories like this uh, and it's it's b clay moore is a fine writer he did hawaiian dick so this i may check this out artwork looks fantastic by the way yeah look at those sample pages <laughs> i think i've shot my bolts in our abridged version of previews uh for this month all right uh you got some manga you want to talk about right yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna scroll through real quick I, I always like touching on at least one or two volumes if i can find them so let me uh let me get down there real quick and uh, yeah, I think what I'll what I'll do is mention the fe- the featured item out of Viz Media on page four twenty seven. It's called Beast Stars. Uh, at a high school where the students are literally divided into predators and prey, it's personal relationships that maintain a fra- the fragile peace. Who among them is a beast star, an academic and social role model destined to become a leader in a society naturally rife with mistrust? So uh, it's a world where everybody's an animal, and uh, and and you're divided into two sections. And uh, this is volume one of that manga, uh, story and art by Peru Itagaki, mm. and uh, it's uh, it's going to be available uh, pretty soon from the looks of things. And uh, I I love the art style just looking at it, and uh, it's it, it, yeah, it definitely has me intrigued. I have a feeling I'll be ta- I'll be hearing about this at uh, at cons in the in the next couple of uh, months as they start that up again. So I think that is going to be my pick as we wrap things up. And let's remind our audience that as we shoot our bolt here that 
This episode will not be possible without discount comic book service. Go to dpservice.com, dcbservice.com, excuse me, uh, for all of your comic ordering needs. Anything you see in previews is available from that fine family-owned company, and everything is at as much of a discount as they can offer. So again, if you don't have a comic book shop near you or you don't like your local comic shop for whatever <laughs> reason, DCB service, we, we all use them and we all swear by them. Okay. And on that note, uh, you can visit us at comicgeekspeak.com. Uh, our email address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 267-702-6642. Stop by thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com uh, to uh talk more about this episode and any other episode that you may want to discuss our twitter is at comic geek speak and we're on facebook at comic geek speak as well and please submit your muddle the murds if you have them and as always we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time yes Laser beams of beans like the seas